This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. Talk about breaking news. Just moments ago, we learned that conservative leader Andrew Scheer is announcing that he will step down as soon as a new leader is picked. That This comes after a disappointing performance in the recent election and a campaign by many conservatives to oust him. I'd like to hear from you. What do you think? Is this a good move or another example of conservatives stabbing themselves? The numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. Again, we have breaking news hot off the press. Andrew Scheer is going to step down as the conservative leader. And right now, I would like to go to Michael Diamond of Upstream Strategy. Hi, Michael. Hi, how are you? Fine, how are you? I'm uh, better than uh, Andrew Scheer. Okay, well, uh, first of all, are you surprised by this and, and at it coming now? Look, it uh, was a slow bleed and a death by a thousand cuts, really. You know, I think with a decision like this, you have to analyze things really early and just make a decision. And uh, I definitely respect Andrew Scheer. I was of the opinion that uh, the election, there were many successes for the Conservative Party. He's obviously a difficult decision and doing what he thinks is best for himself and for the future of the party. But uh, it's one of those decisions you like to see made quickly. So better to happen today than in April for the party uh, at the uh, leadership review that was scheduled at the national convention, but uh, really one of those things that you just you, you need to make a decision on and move on, and we've seen that about six, seven weeks of uh, a slow bleed and attacks against them. Uh, was it, you know, uh, when he was commenting on it, saying that he had no intention of stepping down just about a week ago, he made a reference to the talking heads and, and people in Toronto, uh, and those would be, I guess, uh, the more progressive ends of the party, was it really their move that got him out? Well, I think that the the people he was referring to certainly helped start a conversation and uh, spread a conversation well beyond the quarters in Toronto that he was uh, suggesting that the conversation was confined to. Uh, there was obviously pressure from members across the country. I'm sure there were members of caucus from various parts of the uh, country. Uh, uh, we know, for example, Ed Vast, the member of parliament and minister under Stephen Harper from Yes, uh, publicly questioned the leadership of uh, Mr. Scheer. So it certainly wasn't confined to any one region of the party. I think there were certainly uh, areas of support for him throughout uh, throughout the country, but there was also areas of people who uh, would definitely think today was the right decision. Uh, and uh, do you think that it came down to the numbers where he sort of uh, took some very serious polling and came to the conclusion that he would not be able to... Um, to survive that leadership review? 
Yeah, well, there were media reports uh, that surfaced yesterday that the party had uh, uh, contracted some uh, polling of, uh, of members to determine that. So, I mean, that's, that's certainly possible. And just, look, uh, Andrew Scheer spent the last several weeks traveling across the country meeting with members, and uh, there's been extensive reports uh, and campaign managers from the last election, extensive reports about how those uh, debrief meetings have gone, and uh, there's uh, been a lot of negativity reported around them. And uh, you, you hear that you don't necessarily need a poll when uh, you, you go coast to coast and you hear people raise uh, similar concerns. I think it was probably indicative to him of what would happen uh, in in April. And uh, you know, you can look. Uh, uh, Stephen Dion chose to leave right after an election and not force the party to vote to remove him from the leadership. And he got to live another day. He got to uh, stay as a member of parliament and join uh, join Justin Trudeau's cabinet uh, right after the 2015 election. Uh, being removed from the leadership in a leadership review would have had a very different outcome for uh, Mr. Dion. And I think Andrew Scheer probably likes being a member of parliament, likes serving the public, and this will give him the opportunity, hopefully, to continue doing that and playing a role in a uh, future or conservative government that just won't be led by him. Well, uh, it's also he he hasn't really done anything else. Uh, how important were those? They they all seem to be sort of minor gaffes. It's like he wasn't. Uh, he said that he was a certified kind of insurance insurance agent, and actually he or a broker. Sorry, and he actually wasn't. He didn't disclose that he was a, a dual American citizen, and of course, lots of flack that that you kind of had to crowbar his personal view on abortion. And and a lot of people did not believe him when he said that he would not reopen it. Yeah, uh, I think, you know, all of those issues played different roles. They're, they're, they're all, although they were similar in how they were deployed and covered, they all had, I think, different uh, impacts. The insurance issue, for example, certainly took away one of the uh, main attacks that Stephen Harper's conservatives used against Justin Trudeau, which was that he wasn't ready and lacked experience. Uh, you know, Justin Trudeau's professional uh, CV prior to becoming prime minister was certainly more impressive than that of Mr. Shears. Uh, before entering politics. So you, you, you have, you, you have that, you lost an attack on the others. Even if it wasn't something that was actually moving votes, and many of these issues did, but even if it wasn't moving votes, it was distracting from the narrative and uh, taking the conservatives off of their message and putting them onto the defense. And that certainly had an impact. They, they, they were unable to talk about their policy solutions for the country because they were talking about a blog post from 2005 and Michel Jean's um, dual citizenship and the hypocrisy of being a dual citizen yourself. So if it didn't cost them that many votes, that's one thing, but uh, certainly change the narrative for a few days, and that can be devastating. And, you know, I'm always curious about how you get from, you know, one week, I, I don't remember exactly when it was, where somebody will say emphatically, I'm staying in my job, uh, there's no reason why I should leave, and then suddenly it's like a bombshell. Yeah, that 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 really is is interesting because it has been you know several weeks of a very consistent message from Andrew Scheer that he was uh, intending to let the members decide and that he was gonna uh, it was his goal to lead the party into the next general election and uh, um, obviously major departure which uh, with today's announcement uh, you know you have to be in fact in politics yeah you, you know you just like during the election he talked about that he was gonna win the election you have to you have to talk about that but it certainly makes things like today's announcement much more uh, strange and awkward. Uh huh. And uh, so, are you happy about this? 
Look, I think there's definitely some concern of electing a leader as a conservative in the midst of a minority government. Uh, hopefully, the Justin Trudeau won't try and trigger an election during the leadership process or shortly thereafter. Of course, um, you know, there's politics involved in politics, obviously. So uh, uh, you couldn't begrudge them for doing that. There might be some risk for them, but uh, also a lot of potential reward. So certainly some risk. But uh, I think it is good that the party will be able to focus on the future instead of talking about the 2019 election. Action, uh, for the next several months. What kind of a leader do you think the Conservatives need next? Hey, look, I think that uh, you've you got to analyze the last election, and obviously there were tremendous, tremendous uh, victories in those elections, uh, winning the popular vote, although not, not the metric by which elections are decided in this country, is not a bad thing. Picking up seats, another we didn't pick up enough, but uh, picking up seats were very good. We have to look at where were the areas of weakness, Central Canada, Eastern Canada, Quebec, and, and how can we appeal appeal there? You know, the uh, Prairie Provinces, Justin Trudeau, you put up a sign there, that's going to be enough to uh, elect uh, conservative politicians, uh, as long as Justin Trudeau's liberal leader, because like his father, he is very viewed host, uh, with a hostile view in, in Western Canada. So what the Conservative Party needs is someone who can appeal to voters in Central Canada and in Eastern Canada. Someone like Ron Ambrose, although from Alberta, certainly would have great appeal out here. Uh, Peter McKay, Aaron O'Toole. There's, there's a lot of opportunity. We had a robust uh, roster of candidates uh, in the 2017 leadership election. And I think that uh, I would expect to see not only a similarly large field, but with some of the names of people who sat out last time, uh, who, who I just mentioned, coming back to take a, to take a crack at the leadership. Uh-huh. And uh, you, you mentioned the possibility that the Liberals could trigger an election during the process, um, I, but risk. I mean, they could be severely punished for that by voters. They could absolutely. I mean, they'd have to analyze it uh, very carefully, and it would, they'd have to they'd have to stage it to be over a very important issue that voters care about. So that it didn't look like it was crass politics. Of course, it would be crass crass politics, uh, but they, they'd have to uh, they'd have to stage it in a way that the voters wouldn't think that it was about a partisan opportunity, but a matter of public importance. Okay, I'd like to bring in Karen Stintz, and uh, she's one of our regular Crack Strategy panelists. Karen, what's your reaction to this? Well, I, hi, Libby. Um, hi. Thanks for having me on. Uh, I, I'm a bit surprised, to be honest, that um, I, I think that, uh, you know, that as the election results were reviewed, there was a sense that um, Andrew Scheer underperformed. But I also thought there was um, a sense that the Conservative Party needed stability more than it needed a leadership race. And um, I think that this could just detract the Conservatives from the job that they need to do, which is keeping the Liberals to account. Uh, so you think it is perhaps not a good thing, but, uh, you know, moving forward, do you think they need a different leader to make some gains in central Canada, here in Ontario, in Quebec, and the Maritimes? Well, there's always that you know, idea that there's a better candidate out there to lead the Conservatives and that someone's going to come in and save the day. And, you know, the Liberals fell into that trap with uh, Stefan Dion and Michael Ignatius and, 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 and. Um, you know, I, I don't see that there's any savior on the horizon. I, I think that, um, you know, certainly there's a lot of people that have expressed interest in running. There's been hopefuls that Peter McKay might jump back into the fray. But, you know, all the names that they're talking about actually don't hold seats in Parliament. And, t- again, to an elect a leader for the party that doesn't have a seat uh, will severely limit the Conservatives' ability to do their job. 
And so I, I think that this is a short-sighted measure. And um, I understand, I guess, why Andrew had to take the measure that he took because he didn't have the support or felt he didn't have the support. Uh, but I, I do think that the Conservatives are, could be making a strategic error here. Uh, Michael, uh, what do you say to Karen's view? I think that uh, having a leadership election during a minority parliament is certainly uh, risky and concerning, uh, and not without risk, as we discussed. Now, as for not having a seat, I actually don't think that's terribly concerning. It's going to be a perpetual campaign, so a leader who's outside the House of Commons will be free to travel across the country and uh, move an agenda directly to voters. What happens in Ottawa is not all that important uh, in many cases, so certainly risk of uh, opening up the leadership right now, but uh, the, the lack of seat is a potential opportunity also. Uh, Michael, I know we have to let you go. What would you like to leave us with? Look, I think, you know, it's uh, unprecedented. Uh, in, in, uh, it's not unprecedented for a conservative to kill their own leader, but uh, to happen in a time like this, very unprecedented. So I think, you know, uh, those folks who uh, were dissatisfied with the last election should buy a membership in the Conservative Party and make sure that they have their say in electing a leader because then, they, uh, then they're going to be more free to complain next time. Okay, uh, Michael Diamond, thanks so much for being with us. Thanks for having me. Okay. Take care. And Bye. Uh, Karen, please hang on and stay with us. And callers, I will get to your calls. Let me give the numbers out again. 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. We have breaking news. The conservative leader, Andrew Scheer, is stepping down after a campaign, I must say, to oust him. And we've just received some audio of a statement that he has made. So let's take a listen. I just informed my colleagues in the Conservative Caucus that I will be resigning as the leader of the Conservative Party of Canada. And I've asked the Conservative Party National Council, I, I will be asking the Conservative Party National Council to immediately begin the process of organizing a leadership election. As our party embarks on this exciting opportunity, electing a new Conservative leader and Canada's next Prime Minister. I intend to stay on as leader of the party and the official opposition. Serving as leader of the party that I love so much has been the opportunity and challenge of a lifetime. And this was not a decision I came to lightly. This was a decision I came to after many long, hard conversations with friends and family over the past two months since the election campaign. This has been an incredible challenge for our family to keep up with the pace that is required to lead a caucus and a party into a general election. And my wife, Jill, has been absolutely heroic. In order to chart the course ahead, this party, this movement, needs someone who can give 100% to the efforts. And after some conversations with my kids, my, my loved ones, I felt it was time to put my family first. Our Conservative team is always stronger when we are united. When fiscal conservatives, red Tories, social conservatives, libertarians, Quebec nationalists, conservatives in rural Canada and urban Canada in the east and west come together, 
great things happen. Here, here. We elect strong conservative governments that deliver lower taxes, smaller government, more freedom, and stronger human rights. The party that we've all built together is far too important for one individual. Our party is not a cult of personality, it's not shaped by whoever's name is on the masthead, but by the hundreds of thousands of conservatives who pound in lawn signs, sit on their riding associations, and donate a few dollars every month. And as our party begins to embark on this exciting opportunity, electing a new leader, my only ask to my fellow conservatives is this, let's stay united. So there you have it, Andrew Scheer in his own words as he steps down after uh, a, a pretty, I would say, brutal campaign to get rid of him that was very much out in the open uh, by some key conservative strategists from here in central Canada. We're talking to Karen Stintz. She is a regular member of our Crack Strategy panel. I'm going to take a couple of calls. Darcy and Lindsay. Hey, Darcy. How are you doing today, Libby? Fine. How are you? Good. I'm not disappointed. Uh, I'm a longtime conservative, and I've expressed my views to my local MP that I think it was time for Andrew to move on. He's a great, he's a nice man. He's got a great family. But his social conservative views that have never been clearly stated or denied over the years have just hurt us badly. He's not, he hasn't been a strong supporter of the LGBTQ community. He hasn't come out and said unequivocally that same-sex marriage would not be coming up as another issue, nor abortion. And these things just killed us in the last election, particularly in the urban areas. I mean, we did fine in the rural areas where we should, but no seats hardly in the, in the major cities, Ottawa, Toronto, Montreal, we just, it doomed us. So I've, I've stated unequivocally to the party that I will not support them financially any longer unless he's moved, removed. Do you have a thought of who you would like to see take his place? Well, I'm a huge Rona Ambrose fan, no doubt about that. But whether or not we could convince her to take it on, I'm sure we could get her a seat very quickly. We could get someone to step aside in Alberta, and she would be uh, she would be chosen. But it's a big role, and uh, she's she's a pretty busy woman these days, and some of her other things she's involved with. Peter McKay, Aaron O'Toole, I, as your your fellow that was speaking spoke. Uh, he had the same people in mind that I that I would come to mind for me, too. Yep. All, all people we have talked to on the show. Darcy, thanks for your call. Good talking to you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Uh, so, Karen, uh, you know, I, Darcy, I guess, is not representative of the whole party, but certainly representative yeah. of the people who wanted Andrew Scheer out. Yeah, certainly there were those that did. I, there's no question about it. And um, I guess those forces uh, took on a life of momentum of their own. And there was a question of how do you win Ontario? Um, if you're, because if you're going to form a majority, you need Ontario or Quebec. And he didn't get it. So, but you know, again, all these, this idea that Peter McKay and Rona or Rona Ambrose are going to save the party from itself is just not something I see happening. To be candid, I think the party has some internal work it needs to do, and um, the, it, the, the leadership race is going to be messy and it's going to detract. I think from the positive contribution that the party could make. And what are what are the, the sorting out that you're thinking about? Uh, well, you know, again, there's they're going to have to have... The sorting out is, you know, what does the Conservative Party stand for? And it, it 
got caught up on the social conservative aspect of its agenda. And it, it, I, I think that it has to do some soul searching to figure out what is the party, what does it represent to Canadians, why would Canadians choose that party? Um, it, 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 because there, there has to be a reason beyond they're just dissatisfied with the liberal performance. There has to be a reason to choose. And, you know, part of it is the leader, but the leader also reflected what the sentiments of the party were. So it, it, it's, there is some soul searching that needs to be done. And, um, you know, perhaps Andrew Shear didn't feel up to the task or he didn't feel he wanted to, or the party didn't give him the choice. I'm not sure, but none of the names that are being floated past, I don't think are going to be able in, in any better position to do that job. Um, unless the conservatives have a better sense of identity and what they're all about. Well, there's always been that tension from the social conservative wing of that party and uh, the more uh, liberally, socially liberal wing, who Mm -hmm. maybe are more conservative in terms of the economic policies. And, uh, you know, one of the arguments against getting rid of him, you know, people were saying, well, we don't need another liberal party. uh, Correct. Yeah. And, um, you know, and again, it's just not, it's just, it's just going to detract, I think, the conservatives from the work that they need to do to enter into this leadership race and think that someone's going to save them. It's not going to happen. Okay, let's hear from Bill in Toronto. Hi, Bill. Hi. Uh, with regards to your last caller, uh, you know, pandering to special interest groups is, uh, it's a good, easy way to get votes. And uh, I'm not sure that makes for good government. But uh, anyways, just remember you heard this uh, here first. Good guys finish last, and that's truly the case with this man. And I am a card-carrying conservative, and when I voted last time, I voted for Kelly Leach, Maxine Bernier, and Andrew Scheer. And I'm sorry that I did vote for Scheer, because you know what? He's just not the right man for the job. But if you look at what they did to Kelly Leach, right? She wanted to bring in a means test and all this stuff. Exactly what Quebec's doing. And everybody turns their back on what Quebec's doing. They destroyed this woman. This woman's a surgeon. She's a very accomplished woman. And what did they do to her? I, I don't think she's going to be running again. I mean, who who would you like to see this time around, Bill? Uh, I'll tell you, I've got the guy right here, Pierre Polyev. That guy will take take it and run with it. We talk to Pierre Polyev all the time. His His name isn't even mentioned. I think he's very young. Uh, you know what? He's so a very she. intelligent man. Uh, so uh, what What actually makes me laugh, you know, you mentioned the uh, uh, flaws with uh, with Andrew Scheer and the, uh, the insurance thing or whatever. Let's face it. We've got a black-faced groper as a prime minister. Black-faced, a black-faced groper sounds to me like a fish you would catch. So if that's what we want to tolerate and we want to attack a man that because there's some discrepancy in what he did before he got elected? Well, that's that's what happened. But anyway, Bill, thanks for your call. Thank you. Okay. Margaret and Whitby. Uh, thanks uh, for taking my call. I believe with your ex- everything your guest has to say, Karen Stintz is yep. her name? Yes. yes. I, I believe everything she has said. This is not going to work. Uh, and um, basically... Um, you know, when Stephen Harper was our prime minister, I'm rather nervous because I'm shocked about this happened. 
I was hoping this wouldn't happen. But when Stephen Harper became our prime minister, well, the gay, uh, the LGBT had already been in law, and the same sex and abortion was already settled. And he never opened it up. He said he wasn't going to. It's a law, and he didn't. And therefore, Andrew Scheer said he wouldn't, but it wasn't let go. They kept on saying, oh, well, we don't. We don't know what, whether he would change that. He said he wouldn't, and I don't believe he would have. And the other thing is, is that when people came out and said, well, he's, he's just ruined himself. He said he won't walk in a pride parade. Libby, please tell me, why is it so important to walk in a pride parade? And every single year, you're going to have a prime minister going from province to province, flying on a plane, which they're so worried about climate change, flying on a plane from province to province to walk in a parade for about an hour or so. Okay, it's well, I don't know that, that you important. have to... Uh... I don't know that you have to walk in all the pride parades. Margaret, thanks for your call. Do you know, Libby, I... Margaret, we've got to go. Do you know, Libby, uh, I just wanted to say, Jenny Burns and Corey tonight, they should step down. They're the ones. And Peter McKay, if he was to run, they would bring up all Blinda Stronic and and Rhonda Amherst and all... they, They have a past and a life, and they will dig up everything they can on him, and uh, they, they're they not going to win by okay. getting rid of Andrew Scheer. Okay, Margaret, I, I, I can see that you're a little exercised mm-hmm. about this, but thank you very much for your call. Okay, uh, Karen Stintz, what would you like to leave us with on this, though I'm sure we're going to be talking about it again sometime soon. <laughs> well, you know, we'll see what the Conservatives come up with in terms of a leadership convention, and and you know, hopefully it's short and not too messy, and that they can get back to the business of holding liberals to account. And I, I can't see the liberals calling a general election and taking advantage of the conservatives' leadership race because that that would be, I think, very self-destructive. So I, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, but I, I do think the conservatives are at risk of distracting themselves from the real work they need to do. Okay, Karen Stintz, thank you so much for coming on the show on short notice, as did Michael Diamond and our callers and our producers who got everything together really quickly because this happened literally a couple of minutes to air. Thank you, Karen. Thank you. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.